0: you're listening to who wears the pants this is mike i'm chris and chris what do we talk about on this bullshit show we talk about relationships like love sex butt stuff rock and roll anal
1: all of it beads yeah hot, wieners yeah love <laughs> death family kids friends We talk about all of it, all
0: relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. You and I are both beat. Now, I don't have the uh, reasonable explanation into my exhaustion or absence of energy like you do, because you've been working with your buddy Cody and doing some stuff around your new place. Yeah. You and Cody, you guys have been buddies for a long time. Ah,
1: uh, yeah, about sixteen. years or
0: Sixteen something. years now. Have you guys had lulls
1: in your relationship? There was a period of time where we didn't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, we got into it because we were basically in two different spots in life. Yeah, and you've 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 talked about that a, a while back on yeah. the show. So then we we made up, and made nice, and like we don't hang out all the time. We have a pretty grown-up relationship in that regard but we hang out a lot and he works with me and all kinds of stuff so does he work with you at the current place yeah oh nice
0: yeah because i know that you guys have been at the same automotive place and then different places and then back to the same place
1: etc he has worked at every car job that i've had with me
0: but sometimes you're there first
1: or he's there first. Yeah, yeah,
0: but you always end up working together for some period of time. Yeah.
1: That's very cool. And you guys still get along after all these years. Yeah, we get along well. I think it's because for the most part, our relationship is light. Mm, interesting. Okay, okay. So, like the basis of our relationship is helping each other fun. And you just look at that person, you're like, oh man, this guy's a good friend of mine. I love that guy. So that's it. And that's that's the depth
0: of the relationship. You guys don't, you don't talk about deeper issues or politics or. We talk about all that stuff. Okay, right? so you so you do have depth to the friendship because the I way see. you were describing it, it sounded like we were just kind of casual buddies that hung out and watched UFC and slung hammers, but we didn't
1: really get. I get, I guess below the surface. I guess that's fair. I I didn't make it sound like it's. Ah, as big of a deal as it is. Right. So your your relationship is not superficial. No. No. He's I mean, we're good friends, have been friends for, you know, about sixteen years. So gotcha. It's been
0: a good minute. Yeah, because I have a a, a a very, very close friend of mine is in town. And uh, you know, we've we've known each other since we were in high school and been together or we've been buddies for a long, long time. And it it's difficult because as we age Uh, we have less and less in common and it's hard. And we didn't get into an argument recently, but we got into a discussion where it was very clear that each of us thought the other one just was an alien, that what they were saying was not human logic. And and I didn't, I get, I didn't get it and it's disappointing, but as we have gotten older we definitely have found ourselves in very, very different worlds, and it, it, I don't dislike him yeah. right at all. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, for the love of Pete, we have matching tattoos, but I don't know. It just, I guess, there's this weird conundrum in aging where you don't change at all on some and in, in some regards and then in other regards you change tremendously okay and that is that's a that's a thing that I've, I've been struggling with lately there are a lot of people whom I've known for a long long time where I think to myself do I have I ever really
1: known you do we still know each other do I even like you I think we've had a massive reprogramming over the last like Five to ten years, I guess is the yeah. right way to put it. With how we function as people, mm-hmm. sorry, I can't use words right now. Uh, it's because all that baby screaming keeps you awake at night. She, you know what? She slept awesome last night. I slept like shit. I stayed up mm. till two, which was a little too late. Mm-hmm. And Know what else is bad for your sleep? Alcohol. Alcohol, baby. And I did that too. Alcohol. No, I, I, I didn't drink that much, but I drank on an empty stomach, so. I did get a little tipsy mm-hmm. and then I woke up with like a fucking massive headache and I was like, Jesus, mm-hmm. I felt cheated. Yeah. Well, speaking of cheated, my, my friend came over
0: and, uh, you know, I, I had a nice bottle of whiskey and, I uh, loaded up the, loaded up the water pipe and, I, you know, he's not a regular smoker, and I am. You got him too stoned? I got him too stoned. Did he freak out? No, no, but I hit him with too much reel. He wasn't ready for it. At one point, he looked at me and was like, dude, I, I don't want to talk about politics. I was like, okay, I've broken you. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's too funny. I, I'm so sorry. I felt bad. So then we went into the other room, and we just bullshit for a while, but... It's hard because we like the same stuff, but we live in different worlds. Sure. And, you know, his world, he's, you know, he's got two kids, and he's a college professor, and he's a tenured professor at a university, and his wife is a professor at the same university, and his friends are all in
1: academia, and you know, that's just... And here you are, this godless heathen who exists outside of the structure of all that he knows. Yeah, yeah, but,
0: but also, I think the thing that bothered him is, I started out the whole conversation, you know, he's asking me, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? And I'm I'm like, well, do, do you know, I didn't say this to him. Don't ask a question you don't want the answer to. And so I just laid out, you know, it's like well, we haven't really talked for, you know, gotten just time alone with one another for a long time. So, here it is. And yeah. I think I kind of freaked him out. And uh, I think that he was startled by how negative I was and just didn't look at the world with the amount of frustration and disappointment that I did and,
1: you know, and I I, I don't know. I just What's really funny about that is I I had somebody at work say something the other day. He was like he said something about how negative I, I am. And it's typically like, oh, I don't feel like doing this or that and I I was like, Is that really how you see me? And he was like Yeah. And I was like, Fuck dude, that's awful. Yeah. Because you don't you don't wanna put that out into the world. Yeah. Uh so Yeah, that was eye opening. And I can only imagine that because you're sitting here talking about it now. So obviously you've done some reflecting on it. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, be too negative.
0: Right. I might be I might be too negative. The 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 problem is, is that when I argue with people, I'm very upfront about, look, I don't know the answers to just about anything. All I know is that this particular issue is wrong to me, that these two things are incongruous. It doesn't make sense or they're contradictory. Mm-hmm. And and we as a society should resolve it. And it makes people uncomfortable. Like I was, I said, dude, I'm 46 years old. Immigration has been a problem ever since we were children. We're both in our 40s and our mid-40s. It's not a Democrat problem. It's not a Republican problem. It It is a, a fiendish game of insourcing labor that both political parties profit from. And I refuse to believe that in f- the four decades of my life that I can really remember, they haven't had any opportunity or real solution that they could bring to the table, that we have all this complication with voter fraud and with voter IDs and all of this right-left debate about voting and about what's secure and what's not. And you're telling me that in four decades, we couldn't figure out a way for voting to be both available and safe and open to everyone who is legitimately, legally able to do so and do so conveniently and securely, I refuse to believe that we live in a country that is incapable of doing that. To me, it's Occam's razor. The only solution, and certainly the simplest one, is that they have a vested interest in not doing so. And I was like, dude, I don't want to be a part of that
1: system. I don't want to be a part of the system where I'm lied to by everybody, by everybody. Well, you see, Mike, we have a system where you have to sign bills into place so that you can see what's in them.
0: Yeah. And I brought that up and he just didn't, he just didn't want to, he just wouldn't have it. And I, and I was like, maybe I made him upset because I was like, dude, this is the world that your kids are going to grow up in.
1: Yeah. This these is, are your fucking children. This is reality.
0: Yeah. These are your, 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 I'm like, I'm like, I thank God every day I don't have kids because I don't have the labor of... Worrying about them, yeah. About worrying about the world is, I mean, I feel like the only sane person in a world of madness, and I know that that's not the case, right? Sure, I know it's a, just a, a pity party, but I
1: feel like sometimes that I'm alone in my perspective. You are alone in your thought process because it's your thought process, nobody else is experiencing that but you, right? So that's that's fair, right? Like, but- that's fair to say. But you can't realistically expect anybody to sync up with you on everything.
0: But, but we can both agree that water's wet. Of course. Right, right, right. I mean, course. like, fire is warm and water's wet. Like, I believe that there are certain fundamental truths that we should all accept yeah. and inherently agree upon. And I feel like the older I get, the more that just those fundamental truths about the universe are being changed.
1: They are. They are. I guess I should I think, just fucking give up. I feel like there are ebbs and flows with this. I don't. I, I don't know. Like you, your focus your focus is on that, right? And my focus is elsewhere. Sure. Because uh, like in in any given day, I will have discussions with people about like my theory on the structure of government and so on and so forth, and you're one of the only people that I talk to about it. So we sound very similar when we speak on it, but. That that's not like in a given day. That is not what consumes my thoughts. Sure, because you're worried about raising your children, and those things don't
0: bother you. And yeah, no. And that's actually something that my buddy brought up too. He's like, I just don't focus on that stuff. He's like, I have other things that
1: to to pay my mind to. So people that don't have kids are hyper focused on that. Is something that I'm putting together right now. Right. Like just based off of my friend groups and people that I know. People that don't have kids, pfft, super politic. Like, I am the most political person on planet Earth. Yeah, and no, I'm not that guy.
0: I mean, I know just enough to be dangerous.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that's knowing anything at all. That's just <laughs> enough to get yourself in trouble, right? So, yeah, it, it, I think it has to do with what you think you have to worry about. And like, in a given day, that realistically, that's not what you need to worry about. Mm-hmm. You have a, a new budding business right. that you have to see to, And like, Unless the political aspect of things really affects that, it doesn't matter so much. Well, and that's one of the things that I think is interesting
0: about the world today is that I, I think that politics has, is continuing to infuse itself in every aspect of society. If we allow it. Specifically, more and more in entertainment. And, and, and certainly in the industry that I love, which is the hobby industry, it is becoming more and more political. So as a member of society, it is increasingly, I think, in my experience, and again, it's just my anecdotal experience, I'm just the one fucking guy. But it certainly, to my perception, is, is that politics is becoming more and more prevalent in every aspect of life.
1: Am I, is that a misinterpretation? Do you think? I don't think that you're wrong. I think with how information is available now, it is something that is easier to have at the forefront of information that is being presented.
0: Well, sure. I mean, you get information when you don't choose it, you are bombarded with time. information yeah.
1: constantly. And it's not like, hey, recent study shows that if you eat more grapes, you'll be healthier or something like that. It's, Jargon, it's political jargon. Right. Uh, it's mumbo jumbo. It's it's stuff that realistically won't change. Right. It's lies. It's, it's not, not just misleading
0: headlines for articles <laughs> that are never read. Literally, we are constantly fed lies. We're constantly being lied to. Yeah. And I don't want to get into the specifics of it, but you can find examples of it on both sides of the political aisle. Yeah. And I just, I guess I just, I'm brokenhearted
1: that just everybody's okay with it. We're just like, yeah, I got more important things I got to do. So, <laughs> see, I think this is the thing that is so funny about it. The way our government is structured cripples the government. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but in order to make big changes, it takes them extremely long periods of time.
0: Right, Well, that's why they don't follow the rules. I mean, we they don't even agree on what the rules actually are. And then even if they agree with, well, this, okay, we both agree this is, we both agree the wording of the rule, but we disagree on the spirit of the rule. And then, oh, we have these other rules that we both agree what you, I mean, our side made the rule. Well, sure, we made the
1: rule a while ago. We're not going to enforce the rule. I mean, it's just, it's, it's all fucked. I see. I think that's so funny because the constitution is, that's the rule book. But they don't even agree on what those rules mean. But that, that's the thing that's baffling. They're simply written. Don't do this. Do this. People get this. Everyone gets this. It's very, very, very simple. So the fact that it's, uh, that somebody believes it's open for interpretation just shows the level right. of corruption that that individual is, uh, is capable of. Right. And that's like, that's absolutely disgusting. That's not something that's okay at all. But that person also should not be allowed to hold right. their office for 40 years. Well, sure. And they I do. Mean,
0: imagine if we were going to play, if we were going to play an adversarial game and the rule book was 10 million pages long mm-hmm. and neither of us ever read it and refused to agree on what was in between the confines of the binding.
1: How does that system ever work? doesn't well i mean that's the thing though there's a set of fucking all these people are lawyers that's what they went to school for which i don't like in and of itself well sure went to school for political science what does that mean what does going to school for political science mean
0: well it means you you majored in propaganda and and if you became a lawyer you majored in rules manipulation that's fucking dirty right so propagandist liars and rules manipulators are the people that rule us boy i am angry you are Man, Fair I'm so. I'm an angry dude. I should probably just I don't know, go live in a hovel somewhere.
1: I think you should focus hard on your budding business. Yeah, As you're right. Stated, you're right. Until until these rules start to affect that, until the things that are going on in the world really start to affect that, it's really not super relevant to you. And once you once you get to a point to where you exist outside of that, you are more powerful for it. Sure. And I guess that's one of the things that I'm struggling with and have been for a few
0: weeks because what happened with with Ernie Gygax very much does impact me because it says that ours is an industry that somebody said something that was offensive. The industry rallied to protect the offended, which to me screams progress. But then the industry also rallied to cripple irreparably the man's business. So it's an issue of freedom of speech. It's an issue of facing the consequences of your own actions as a grown adult. It's a subject of how a social group has said, we are going to protect The other, we are going to protect the ostracized and you shouldn't say things that offend those that need protecting. Like all of those are interesting things that that affect me and that affect the industry. But at the end of the day, for me, the thing that is more important than language and than words are deeds and how the industry disproportionately punished people who were associated with the offending party, not just disproportionately punish the offending party. So there are things in the world of politics today and in culture and in entertainment that do affect the industry in which I am involved. And I've really, really been wrestling with that because I'm super uncomfortable that most of the people that I know are okay that a person was destroyed for their words, regardless of how offensive their words may have been. They were destroyed for their words. That terrifies me. Absolutely terrifies
1: me. But it should, because these same people that would destroy them for their words have said things that are egregious.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, and Not even, the, set, set the hypocrisy aside. Setting aside all of the people who probably more than half the people agree with what Ernie said who have been cowed and bullied into silence. Set all that shit aside. It is the fact that I think X. Well, we think collectively X is offensive and you have no
1: right to exist. That terrifies me. See, I think for every hive mind of people that would try to do something along those lines, there are people outside of that that don't and there are more of them. I think they're quiet and I think that's a problem. Yeah, no, for sure. A silent majority is, that, not, is not
0: good. That is another issue. Don't I, as a person who sees this the way I see it, have an obligation to speak out? Yes. See, the terrifying part about that is, is that regardless of how nuanced I may tackle the subject, I'm going to be taken out of context. I'm going to be misquoted. It's going to be misconstrued. Yeah. And it's going to alienate people.
1: Yeah. One of the things that you do really well, though, is uh, I, like I said it last week last when time. Talking, yeah. you're like tightrope walking, and you do a really good job at that. And sometimes you'll step your foot on one side or the other side of the tightrope. You're still maintaining your balance, but right. you are leaning to one. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, no. You're, you're, you, you see you're a tightrope sway, you're stirring shit. Yeah, um, and it's funny. And here's the thing: people that uh, that indulge in your your videos and stuff that you're doing. I know them and I know that they don't based off of the things that they post they don't agree with what you're saying right and it's funny
0: well like my friend who came over he's like yeah we watched your first video and it was great to see you calling out social justice issues and I was like huh that's what you took away I'm yeah. like, okay I mean I in in a certain sense I was but you were mocking it at but the same
1: but time. in an, in another you explain that to him no Fuck, dude. I totally would have. I no. like, dude, did you not understand? No,
0: I because at that point in the conversation, we were both so. Into- OK, he was super intoxicated. I was my normal self. Yeah, but <laughs> far. But it just I just thought, ah, whatever, fuck it. There's no point people are going to take away what they're going to take away from a situation. For example, he had, he was aware of the Ernie or the Ernie Gyr- Gygax situation. And, uh, you know, we were debating about it and he was among many of the people that, you know, had an opinion who was un and not ill-informed, just uninformed who hadn't watched the video, who hadn't read any of the tweets, who hadn't read any of the Facebook stuff. And I was like, I was like, see, dude, I, I love you. You're one of the smartest fucking people I know. I, I, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you you don't, and 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 I get it. I'm that guy too, right? I mean, there are, all po- are. yeah, we all are that. there are, and and I think for me as an adult, probably the greatest growth that I have done, and I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm just still at the early stages of this growth, is trying to, even though embarrassingly, it is often after the fact, to reconsider. What I say before I say it, mm-hmm. but but also just to consider the other person's perspective, right? Gotcha. You know, just to admit I can say I screwed up or I was wrong here or, or I was wrong there or I didn't consider that point better than I used to be able to.
1: Yeah, it's uh, listening to somebody else as though they knew something that you didn't basically right. yeah yeah i
0: was like i was i just wanted to be like dude did you not understand that i had taken everything that you are as a person and and, made re- fun of it? and reduced it down to a saltine cracker did you not understand that i made you other right and that was okay with you it was okay to make this portion of the population other and that was okay that's you didn't fucking take that you didn't see that? Oh, I was like, man, well, come on. That's what's, I, 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 I think that's what's brilliant, brilliant I, about I it. I took too. billions of people and reduced them down to salted white bread. Yeah. D- they're nothing. They're boring. They're bland. They're without value. I mean, I was like, okay.
1: Oh, God damn it. <laughs> no, I, it was funny, though. I, I can't believe that he didn't understand that you were being ironic. Well, no, because he because there was a very valid message
0: there that he took away, and that was that the organization paid lip service to a community and said, we want to represent you, and then didn't represent them. Yeah. So the beautiful thing is, is that I got to do both. Yeah, I got to both point out that these hypocrites are hypocrites, but then also to all the people that think they're hypocrites are the villains who do, are devaluing themselves for what they are and how they were born, right? Which is the vast majority of the hobby. Fucking crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. But any which way. Enough about me, Chris. I I'm, I miss you. I sh- I'm kidding. Motherfucker. I- <laughs>
1: Mother
0: you piece of shit. I know you're the one that always reaches out to yeah. me. I'm a Who bad. Who reaches out?
1: You I'm do. A good friend. You are a good friend. I, I am a bad friend. Just to see if you want to hang out and radio silence. Yeah, radio we should. Silence. Don't respond to it either, cunt. And then I'm like, well, I guess I'll see him when he gets here. And you know what's funny? Yesterday, I was pulling in after getting home from work. I was pulling up to the house, and I was like, man, I know that this show ends eventually, like in, in the not-so-distant future. Oh, sure, because, I mean, if, if and when Memory and I move, yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was one of those things I was like, man, that's going to fucking suck. I don't know what my relationship is going to be like with Mike then. And like that totally bummed me out. Like, and it's something that I was really thinking about because Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, we don't really hang out outside of doing the show. I enjoy it. I believe you enjoy it. I do do it. I enjoy your Um, company. I wish
0: you had more time and inclination to game. Maybe if you had two fewer children, you could play D and D with us.
1: Right. I would love to. But you can't
0: because you keep making fucking babies. I can do
1: one shots. That's about the extent of it. I seriously just want to do a D and D show and I'll host it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't do. I, if I was going to do another podcast, which I'm not, I'm not even consistently doing the podcast that I'm on, I would want to do something big and and just over the top, like yeah. the 13th age role playing game, right? Which is basically think of the few elements of 4th edition D&D that were good mm-hmm. and some of the elements of 5th edition D&D that are great and then make this hybridized version of the game it's brilliant it's really, really it's really fun it only has 10 levels and you get something significant at every level you know so it's not like D&D or fourth or like in third edition you're like ah, fourth level kind of sucks for everybody unless right. you're a fighter right no this game every level there's something big and gross your weapon damage just keeps going up at every level so i was playing a first level cleric d8 damage to my long sword second level 2d8 third level 3d8 fourth level Jesus. 40 you just keep getting fucking bigger and metal is shit it was so
1: good oh my god it'd be fun to it, do that one as, yeah. as a like heavy metal inspired oh
0: for sure
1: wouldn't that yeah, be a For
0: historical? sure. The world I want to play in is the uh, Penny Arcade Acquisitions Incorporated world. Ooh, okay, yeah, okay. The, the, the D&D, um, you know, it's that it's that really, really heavy-handed cliche of, oh, we all work for an adventuring guild, right? Right. And it's that silly garbage, except for there's a competing adventuring guild of villains, and oh, it's very, very fun and comical and lighthearted and cartoony. That's where I'd want to play 13th Age, because they would be just have all the big dice and the big Monsters. I would and- do it. With, uh, I would do it in the Battle Wizards world too.
1: Mm-hmm. Epic Spell Wars. Oh
0: yeah, oh, yeah. That that's a-
1: everything is over the top and just gross. Well, now I want a Rick and Morty crossover. Oh, that would be funny.
0: Shit. Yeah. Actually, I was, you know, I know a lot of people hate the Rick and Morty fandom for their toxicity. I saw a meme the other day. Uh, it was Lisa Simpson and the blackboard beam or the whiteboard beam that you see that she does. And yeah. it was like 90% of Rick and Morty fans think they're Rick, but they're actually Jerry, which is fucking hilarious because it it's, it's, it's true, but I don't know any Rick and Morty fans who actually think they're Rick.
1: I don't know any Rick and Morty fans that would want to be Rick.
0: Yeah, he's a monster.
1: Yeah, he's a drunken prick.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, and sure, he's had some character growth in the last few seasons of admitting, you know, having emotions and maybe not being the best guy. But still, yeah, I mean, Jerry's a loser, sure, but I don't want to be Rick. Right. I don't want to be that guy.
1: You want to be a Morty.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. No, I want, I yeah, no, I I mean, yeah, I want to be a Morty. I want to enjoy life and accept the fact that I am average at most things and will never have great significance. And there are wonderful people around me whose coattails I can ride and enjoy life. Yes, that is precisely. Actually, I want to be a summer because I someday hope to be seen as someone who simply likes to get high. Did you see they're doing Clerks 3? I'm ashamed of him. I'm, I'm embarrassed for him. Really? Embarrassed. Why? Because Clerks 2 is a terrible movie. And oh. it is and it is an obvious bid to call back to 30 years or crawl through 30 years of nostalgia back to the early 1990s when he had that magic. Do that time your life is over. I mean, I understand wanting to go back to that and to feel that glory and to live that nostalgia. But dude, fuck it, let it go. Let it go. You're not that guy anymore. You are a fat old middle-aged pothead with a decent amount of money and famous friends and you should just enjoy living your life or create something new like Tusk. A red state. Yeah, a red state. Quit going back to the goddamn well of Clerks, man. Let it go. It stopped being funny a long time ago. And the original Clerks is one of the most special things in the world to me.
1: See, I thoroughly enjoy Clerks too. It's so funny that you were just shitting on it. It reminds me of fucking 2005.
0: Because it doesn't have heart. Are you fucking kidding me? It it does not have the heart. It
1: is the ultimate like coming of age story. For who? Randall. The whole thing (laughs) is like his coming to grips with the fact that the world that he knows. He's a goddamn adult. He should have grown up already. None of us have grown up already. We were just talking about playing (laughs) D&D. You fucking delusional man. <laughs> you know a- what
0: you know what i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna go back and work for the fantasy shop and try to relive those glory days No, why would you because it's fucking stupid and it'll never be the same again but it'll never you- it's like remarrying someone you divorced 20 years ago stop it stop would it you try no stop it no stop, no stop.
1: would you buy it though what if it was mike's fantasy shop it wouldn't be the old fantasy shop it would be yours. no i'd fucking buy it that
0: dream's dead oh, it's gone man. it's over it's dead.
1: If you could get it for a fair price, like let's say Dave was like, dude, I can't do this. I'll tell you what, over the next five years, you pay me an extra $100,000 a year, it's yours. So $8,000 a month. Fuck yeah, you would do that.
0: Which is significantly less than, well, pretty much all their retailer bills. Yeah. I mean, you're spending, you know, $12,000, $13,000 a week just on Diamond Comics. Right. So
1: if that was the case, well, you couldn't. Yeah, the business is not here's the for, here's the thing, and here's
0: and here's why here's why it doesn't work, because the original fantasy shop was sweet and endearing and it didn't, it didn't take itself too seriously. Um, it wasn't pretentious, and yet it had a certain magic and heart, and it was in black and white, and it was simple, and it was young, and it tried, didn't try to be anything too big. And then Mike Brodor's Fantasy Shop came along many, many years later, certainly far less interesting and far less funny. No heart, full color, big budget, and it just wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same.
1: Your fantasy shop was?
0: Now, I was making a correlation between Clerks and Clerks 2, that one of them was this big budget, color, ridiculous, over-the-top thing, and the original was this fun,
1: endearing, black-and-white, sweet, small movie. So so this this is why you don't like Clerks 2 at the end of the day. It is because it was not the one that meant the most to you. No, no, no. I didn't like
0: it because it did not build upon the things that I took from the first film.
1: What did you take from the first film? Because it was an indie movie that ended and nothing happened.
0: There's a lot of fine girls in the world, but not all of them bring you lasagna at work. Yeah, That movie was about love, and it was about relationships, mm-hmm. both intimate and platonic. Mm-hmm. It was about Randall. It was about... Uh, fucking, what's his name? Fucking Dead Bodies. Yeah, Dante. It was it was
1: about... Because I just rewatched it not that long ago. Not a lot happens in it. It's about playing hockey on the roof with your buds. It's about taking the energy of your
0: life and focusing on the relationships that are important to you. Some of his movies do that and some of his don't. Chasing Amy had heart. Jersey Girl had heart. Other movies that he have done are just you know dick and
1: fart jokes which is fine i like that jay and silent bob strike back dick and fart jokes give you that one jay and silent bob reboot basically took you through the last 30 years of usq lots of callbacks lots of stuff like that it was if you are a fan of his it was a fun flick if you're not like a kevin smith fan i wouldn't want to watch that movie right at all it would be bad yeah let's talk about other quality work he's done like yoga hosers did you like that one? No, I've, I haven't even seen it because it looks fucking wretched. It's uh, it's weird. It's weird. Tusk was good.
0: That Tusk was... was messed up. The guy who plays the the creep, who is also
1: in Red State, yeah. brilliant. They came up with Tusk, reading Craigslist classifieds on a podcast, and he goes, "I will make this a movie." <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. That's awesome. So the fact that that turned into it, like. It was so cool because I remember it was, uh, it was actually right before I started at the fantasy shop. I was in a Sprint store listening to him talk about it, and I was like, that's fucking crazy. Ha, 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 ha. And then he goddamn does it. And I I remember seeing that the movie was coming out, and I was like, I cannot wait to watch this. And I watched it, and I was like, dirty. It's disturbing. It is. It's It's wicked disturbing. It made me super uncomfortable. It's funny.
0: Speaking of good movies, have you seen uh, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong's The Visit? No. So, remember, and I just watched it last night, mm-hmm. and it's about this 15-year-old girl and her 13-year-old little brother, and they're going to go visit their grandparents for the first time, and they've not seen – they've never met them. The grandparents hadn't seen their their mother, the kid's mother, uh, in like that 15-year span or what yeah. have you. She had left the house when she was 19, hooked up with an older guy, got married. Her parents tried to warn her that it wasn't going to work out and it didn't. And he left her and now she's been raising the kids on her own and yada, yada, yada. And the kids want to give her the opportunity to spend some time with her new boyfriend and go on this cruise. So they go to visit grandma and grandpa for a week and it's fucked. Is it really? It's absolutely, it's a movie about mental illness.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah. And so they go visit grandma and grandpa and they're just a little off. And then they get progressively more
1: off. Yeah, that sounds super creepy.
0: Yeah, it was it was good. And there's a twist in it, like all Shamalama Ding Dong movies, and it's right. a it's a minor twist. And this is not a spoiler alert, but there there's no supernatural aspect to the film. It's all very mundane insanity. It's pretty interesting.
1: But it was it was a neat movie. I liked it. Huh. I have not watched a movie in the recent past that I was just like, aw, that hm. was real good.
0: Netflix has this If you say Fear Street, I'm going to kick you in your wiener. No, no, no. no. Okay.
1: It's this movie. It's basically Aladdin with an Asian theme, and there's a dragon that comes out of a teapot. Oh! And you find out that this dragon was some great king who died and went to heaven. And when he got to heaven, they were like, Dude, you're too much of a prick to be here. You have to go be a genie, more or less. You have to be a wish dragon. It was actually really nice. Better than Aladdin, but the same thing. Yeah, like the same movie. That's it, amazing. Literally the yeah. same movie with an Asian twist. I was like, "Wow, this is racism," um, because it was it was Aladdin. Wow, it's totally. Fuck, tot- what was that called? I don't know. That's gonna drive me crazy now. Yeah, speaking
0: speaking of uh, speaking of movies with an Asian theme, I heard a clip of Matt Damon. He was talking about how his his fifteen year old daughter keeps him grounded, and she won't watch any movie that he was in that might be good. What? Yeah, she won't watch like she's never seen Goodwill Hunting because she's afraid that it might be a good movie and her dad might be good in it and she doesn't want that in her life. That's f- and so she'll off she said to him once, she goes, Hey Dad, you remember that movie you were in, uh The Wall? And he goes, It was the Great Wall. And she goes, There was nothing great about that piece of shit.
1: That's
0: hysterical. <laughs> uh Wish Dragon is what that's called. Wish Dragon, oh super
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Cultural appropriation.
1: Um no, it was very much Was oh, it made by Disney? No, it was made by Netflix. Oh wow. Yeah. It was like I feel I feel as though that movie may have been a big middle finger to Disney. Hmm. Which is fucking awesome. I guess the story
0: of Aladdin is public domain or it's not copywritten, so you could steal whatever you
1: want. Oh dude, it was the same goddamn thing. Wow. It was so unbelievable. I could not believe how Aladdin that movie was. And I like looked at Terror at one point and I was like, this is fucking Aladdin kid has to pretend to be a rich guy to get a girl. It was Aladdin. Wow. Yeah.
0: Don't... I mean, that's a pretty common theme, is that men pretending to be something that they're not to get a girl.
1: Well, of course. Of course. With a goddamn genie, though? Yeah. With, oh, okay. With a mystical being that comes out of a piece of uh, pottery? No, it's a fucking rip-off. Oh, total ripoff. off awesome. So, uh,
0: my wife said that sometimes I say stuff that I should not let out of my head. Like, for example, I was hanging out with my buddy, and he was talking about his kids playing D&D and about how his daughter's always the, oh, the dungeon master. And I was like, is that because she inherited your wife's control issues? And he laughed it off. But my wife's like, you can't say that shit to people. I'm like, why not?
1: You can't. You- <laughs> and I think, I think you have an obligation to. If it is the truth... It's okay to make fun of it. Well,
0: yeah, and, and I did. I said it in a chiding, were, mocking manner. Playful. I was being as I was being his buddy. I wasn't complaining about his wife. I was pointing out an issue that you know a lot of people, my wife included, suffer from, right. and that's fucking control issues. That's funny as shit. Yeah, why do you think I always want to be the dungeon master when I'm running games?
1: Control issues. It, it, it's so funny. I'd rather be a player. I don't want to fuck with. Planning or anything? oh I got you. DMing is a lot. It is, but
0: I don't. I I don't know. I'm going to say something terrible that I regret, so I'm not even going to bother saying it. No, it's just that sometimes, God damn, I'm so easily manipulated. (laughs) Uh, No, I just. I don't know. I would rather run my game than play in someone else's. Yeah. I sounds super arrogant when you it say it. The most arrogant thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. I would. Yeah, you know, I'd rather not fucking deal with your retarded shit. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say that.
1: You did. Uh, I didn't say those words. The R word never left my lips. Look, you don't have to say the words to mean them. Yeah, well,
0: see that's the bu- okay. See, and here's the problem that we have in society today is that I said those words and you made an inference
1: me being your friend. Yeah. Who who's somebody that <laughs> had over 85 hours of recorded conversation <laughs> with you. <laughs> Is like Yeah, I <laughs> well, see what sure, you do. You
0: can call me out, but strangers don't know what I mean, and that's okay.
1: Well, yeah, that's not a stranger's place to call yeah. you out. It's my place yeah. to call
0: you out because it's funny. Yeah. We should that's the that's the thing. And and I don't know where we're at time wise.
1: We got we're at forty-two minutes. We okay. will wrap it up here soon.
0: I just I don't know. I feel like that the word of wisdom should be that. There are people who never apologize, even when they're wrong. And that's not the right way to do it. And then there are people who apologize for every little thing. Mm-hmm. And I am of the opinion that an apology should be something that you take very, very seriously. Mm. And you know, don't apologize for little shit, don't apologize for shit that isn't your fault, but have the wherewithal to admit when you're wrong and, and apologize when you need to. Sometimes I feel like people apologize, especially in today's society with all of the outrage. They apologize when they don't need to. So I just think that people should be a bit more frugal
1: and cautious with their I'm sorries." So it's funny. On that note, I was listening to, uh, to a podcast or something like that. And one of the individuals in the podcast said, when you were caught up in one of these scandals, it is terrifying. Because he's been caught up in one of these scandals. He's like, it's so fucking scary, blah, blah, blah. But all you have to do is wait two weeks. And then it's completely over. He's like, it's not a thing anymore. All of these people are on to the next person that they need to go, you know, string up, basically, with their mob mentality. Right. And, and yet,
0: no one is going back a month or six months later to see the destruction that was left in the wake of outrage. No,
1: it's literally, the, it's the modern day equivalent of pitchforks and torches. It is the same thing. Before, you would get your pitchforks and your torches, and you'd go, you'd go burn somebody's fucking farm down because you thought they were a witch. Mm-hmm. So today, you get your fucking words and your hate, and you destroy their career so that they can't make a living for themselves. It's the exact same thing. It is a scary mob mentality.